episode 315 of This Is Whole Life. And we have finally, after 11 weeks, finished up on the law. Man, I'm glad we're done with that. That That way we don't have to talk about any of the Ten Commandments. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's (laughs) not true. Because the second installment of our Voices of Whole Life featured Michael Paradis and his message, Arise to Making the Sabbath. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't this just like six or seven episodes ago that we went through all this? There can't be possibly anything else to go. So that's a wrap. Thanks, Michael, for showing up. We're done. Well, I was glad that Michael followed up because, you know, the the uh, fourth <laughs> command, we got a little bit of a short shrift because it was Easter weekend. That's and true. So, I mean, we talked about it, we but did. we didn't cover it as in-depth as, as perhaps we would have at another time because just because there was a shortened, we had so much music and stuff, so... So would I this appreciate have been, that Michael realized that, you know, Ken, Ken needed a little Ken bit more. Ken needed some more help. Yeah, and it's, more. it's not the first time that the resurrection of Jesus has affected the law and the observance of the law. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, think it, I think that was pretty much is that, in line. Is that, Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, so, so there we go. <laughs> so is this a message that Ken would have preached? Was this a message? Can, oh, yeah. Yeah, would, it, would oh, it have been? I mean, I feel like it was. Oh, I was just, sure. I was just checking on your perspective of what yeah. you— if Michael, that was, Michael's a kindred spirit. Is he? That's right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his face uh, behind a camera over at Advent Health. So I see him <laughs> on stage every so often. I've been behind the camera, like, giving him the thumbs up. But I don't know him personally. And then I was like—because I'm asking him, like, who's this guy? I don't know. And then I watched the service, and I'm like, oh, well, I know who. I just don't really know Exactly. Who. He's yeah. the same guy in front of the camera as he is, is he? elsewhere. And the problem that I had the whole service while I was listening, mm-hmm. you've never met this person, but my motorcycle mechanic, his name is Pedro. Mm-hmm. And I kept channeling Pedro because your voice sounds exactly in your inflection. It's like you have a voice, you have a vocal doppelganger. Wow. And I was just like, I'm I've like. I've never heard of that before. I haven't either, but it was so precise in certain words where I'm like, I'm looking at the screen. Now, Pedro's got a Interesting. full. He's got a full beard. He's got longer curly hair. But I was just like, I have. It's interesting because I've been told I have the face of a motorcycle mechanic, but okay. I've never been told that I have well, now the voice. You, now of you, you know, do. Yeah, you yeah. do have the voice of a motorcycle <laughs> mechanic. And you know, and as far as that goes, he's the best motorcycle mechanic in Orlando. Okay, at least I've got and that. And he's, he's fair, got good prices, and he right. does great work. So you're in good company. Is this podcast sponsored by by Wandermoto? No, it's <laughs> okay. not. That's that's the name of his company. I feel Wander like Moto. I had to ask. Okay. So that being said, but maybe we could reach out. I could. We I might could. as well. I'll talk to Pedro. See what he says. See what you can get. And out then of it. I'm gonna have him listen. I'm gonna send this to him. And be like, dude, were you on the podcast? Because he vo- vocal. That's right. And just be like, okay, so I'm gonna have to get a picture too, and be like, look, maybe you guys are like kindred spirits somehow. Yeah. But since you're not, a, we've already ascertained you're not a motorcycle mechanic. Mm-hmm. You, you don't play one on TV. What do you do when you're not preaching at Whole Life? <laughs> preaching at Whole Life was something that I did yes, this yeah. week, but uh, typically my days are filled with uh, working at the Leadership Institute at Advent right. Health. So I sit in the corporate office. I enjoy working with a team of leaders who live and breathe building other leaders. That's awesome. So we work to identify, nurture, develop leaders for Advent Health, and we just love our mission. So before Gina it. left, you guys were intertwined in your work days. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. I worked for Gina here this past year uh, because I just started last summer. Last summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've known Gina for quite a long time. We were in school together 
at Union College and even before that at Midland Academy in Kansas City. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So that's yeah. where the- We in, go way back. In Mahomes, I trust, uh, yeah. we, we trust that's, that's where it. the socks come from? Mm-hmm. So just so, right. just so listeners who may not have caught the service yeah. yet, at, or actually second service, because I don't think I did during first service, but- uh, but, but uh, Michael was wearing some pretty yeah. cool socks, and I just had to ask about them. And so they were there were Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes we trust, I believe. Mm-hmm. Was that? That's right. Yeah. So that's I mean, right. You know, he's he's pretty good. So you gotta you gotta be a fan. You gotta be a fan if you've been through the pain and suffering that I had been through as a Chiefs fan. Sure. And I always looked at the teams that performed well, and anyway. I, regretted all of those people in my life that were fans of those teams because boy, they turned their nose up and I enjoyed turning my nose up at other fans for no good reason. Yeah. Now I have a reason because we're kind of good. It's yeah. the best. So were you, um, when did you become a Chiefs fan? I mean, Gina and I talked about this. So if everyone's already used to talking about 1993, the Chiefs. 1993, okay. Joe Montana. Oh, yeah, see, 94. will do it a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was born and raised in Green Bay, so I had I didn't have any choice. You, you didn't know? have a choice? No, yeah. that's just the way it is. We moved to Kansas City in that year, and that was a good time to yeah. strike up the fandom. Good time to f- strike it up. Speaking of fandom, there's one thing that every Adventist agrees on in theory but agrees, but past the theory. Oh, I'm waiting to hear what this one thing yeah. is because no, I, I can't wait. No, I disagree tell already. The, tell me that I disagree, disagree with you. No, no. We all, every Adventist pretty much agrees in theory that the Sabbath is something that we should be mindful of. It's something that we believe is is beneficial to us. Important, I think, is the word you're looking it's for. A, it can yeah. be, you can look at it as important, but past that there's like nothing like there's no there's no consensus on anything past that because everyone's definition of holy everyone's definition of what it is what it should be what it isn't what it couldn't be no way that's blasphemy all the different things that go in there so for someone who might be listening who doesn't really know anything about the sabbath let's can we give them a baseline like what what would be your baseline sabbath for sabbath for dummies i don't know anything about it i've only heard a few things what do i need to know to make this conversation work for me i think it starts in creation right god created yep. the the earth in 6 days rested on the 7th in fact gave that day to humans to mm-hmm. rest for that purpose and blessed the bible says he blessed that day and then we see it in the 10 commandments and we see it show up some other times uh, in the old testament mm-hmm. so we see that the sabbath is important god says people will know that you're mine because of the sabbath and he says it will benefit you to have that experience jesus has sabbath observance but he also encounters this opposition where people felt that Jesus' observance of the Sabbath wasn't appropriate. <laughs> it's really funny to think about in that context. They didn't see Jesus as <laughs> the Son of God. <laughs> right, yeah. And here he is trying to instruct people on what the Sabbath is, and they're saying, no, it's not that. It's not that. You're, you're missing the boat. Okay. Yeah. Many of us who have grown up with it, you know, you, you always heard the story about Jesus and, you know, the disciples and, you know, picking the grain. And, mm-hmm. But when you saw it in The Chosen in season two, right, and they are flabbergasted. And when he's he kind of retaliates a little bit in his verbal comeback and you're just like, whew. I mean, for that time, that would have been like just a seismic event. But I think it's pretty close. I think you had one pretty close. You started off your message with today, if I might, 
I'd like to encourage this church to stop keeping the Sabbath. Can we all do that together? Now, wait a second. That doesn't sound like something I would say at all. Are you taking taking me out of context? Is that what I said? That's what you said. That was a direct (laughs) quote. And I'm just like, how many people woke up this morning and expected that this was going to be the leadoff sentence from a guest speaker at any Adventist church? And so I was like, he's coming at this Were you watching the doors at that time? Did we have an exodus at that Uh, moment? You know, I was too busy looking at my phone waiting for the the Facebook things to blow up. So uh, that was what I was waiting for. Yeah. Perfect. And of course, you got some good chuckles because at Whole Life Church, you've got a really good melting pot of just diversity and ideas and everything. You know, that's interesting that you even make that point because as my wife and I were discussing my message in the car (laughs) afterwards, I mentioned that should I have preached this message in another church this Sabbath, I would have done it totally differently. (laughs) I would not have probably started with that first phrase and so on, but I've appreciated that whole life. I think people want to wrestle with things. I think think that's come through in what Ken has shared in the law the last several weeks. Yeah, and I think that one of the fun things about you, Michael, starting off with that is that's, that's exactly the way Jesus preached. Jesus would say something that completely was startling, like that he would take something that was a, well, duh, we do it, and then he'd be like, I'm telling you not to keep the Sabbath. You say stuff like that that would just completely take people aback, and there's there's a real power to that because it catches people's attention. They go, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're, you're telling me up is down and down is up. Something's, right. what, what's going on? And so people dial into that. So I thought it was a really effective way of starting the conversation. I think it might have also been an effective way to being uh, you know misquoted on uh, on some websites out there. But you know, it. I'm happy. You know, I, you're happy I, to be I'm misquoted on. I, I have had this. Yeah, I've had this goal in the back of my mind to be blacklisted by certain websites. Yeah, and I've seen, you know, as I've we don't mention mo- those websites because no. we don't, we don't want to give them no but, free advertising but, but, unless yeah. you're a motorcycle mechanic. Yeah, that, that's that's, right. that's it. I've seen some of my friends get blacklisted. Yeah, and it's so just, your goal it's never been, me. Yeah. So what you thought I, this was your chance. What am I doing wrong? What can I do today to get me blacklisted? <laughs> well, I want you to know, I think you podcast. are well on your way. <laughs> okay, good. I, okay. I suspect it won't be long before somebody finds that, oh. takes that, clips it out, and says, Adventist pastor at Whole Life says, don't keep the Sabbath. And Lord and, willing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, well, you know, I can. I, there's a couple people in my head, and I grew up in the Midwest, and so you had me at the Sabbath keeping kids part. Keep quiet. End of list. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, in the whole, if dad has to come up and unlock the bedroom <laughs> yeah. door oh, yeah. and come out to yep. see what's going on, ain't nobody going to be happy in yep. this house, mister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I wanted to say this before we go too far down. The, this is one of the things I really love about this series of sermons is that we have voices from our church. Mm-hmm. This, you know, yeah. Michael's been with our church for about a year now, but we're it's a great opportunity to get to know the people in our church, to hear their perspectives. And it was one of the questions I actually asked Michael during the question and answer period afterwards is, was, you know, why this topic? What was it that was, because mm. we don't say to Michael, hey, we want you to preach on this. We say, hey, Michael, what's on your heart? Preach on it. And we don't really sit back and, and go over things and say, oh, don't do this, do do that. We, you know, if we asked you, we trust you. And so that's one of the things I love about the series though, is we get some really interesting topics and people that come at it from a different way and, um, and say things in a way that that's just fun and you get to know them and you kind of, you get to know the people that you're sitting in the pews with on Absolutely. or the chairs. I guess we don't sit in pews, do we? No, it's chairs. chairs the but... chairs that we sit in anyway. 
Very intentional. But anyway, but Michael, yeah. So I don't want to, but I did want to kind of throw that in that it's one oh, of the yeah. things I love mm-hmm. about this series is that we, you know, we hear not from the paid pastoral team, but we, we right. hear from the people that, that choose whole life as their family and, and choose it to be a, the church that they are, that they worship in. And I thought great sermon, really um, thought provoking. And so I don't know, maybe maybe just follow up a little bit with, for those who didn't watch the service or first service and hear your answer, why did you choose that topic? What was, out of all the things you could preach about, and there's a lot of them out there, what made you choose that? The Sabbath, to me, is my favorite spiritual exercise. This this is the exercise that I enjoy uh, as a means of connecting with the Lord. You know, everybody has different things that they resonate with. I love I love church music. I love reading his word. You know, I, I think that's great. I love reading books and such. But the experience of the Sabbath makes me feel most like God, God's got my back. I mean, he wants me to have this. And the more I'm intentional about it, the more that experience is going to be fulfilling to me. And I'm going to be, I'm just going to feel more connected to him. But that's also why I think it is a, a personal experience and why I'm sure some of the questions this week have to do with, well, what exactly am I supposed to do and what exactly can I not do, which I, I tried to address a bit, but I'm just not going to be able to tell people <laughs> yes or no. And, and if I might, that's also why I think it is great that we have voices from our congregation. I've been a pastor before, and I know that there's, there are certain things that I can tell someone and they're going to hear it as a pastor telling them something. Mm-hmm. You should pray more. Yeah. Well, you're paid to say that or whatever yeah. the case is. But when a when it comes from someone else, a, a mentor or somebody that you trust or just you hear these different voices, you start to put things together in a different way. That's one other thing that I appreciate about whole life is in that, especially since Ken started, is the focus on us being a family. We started out by going through all the things that, you know, this is what we have said we believe. These are the things that we say we hold dear. These are the things that we want ourselves to be in our community. I mean, just go down the list. And then you kind of have a, a shared focus. You have a shared kind of feeling of, all right, we're all on the same path, whether the way we interpret every little bit isn't going to be the determining factor on one piece or another necessarily. But knowing that you're in that together, and then I agree that the summer series has always been one of my favorites because just like now you're sitting across from me at the table and I get to meet somebody new that most of the times I haven't known and you pick up little bits and pieces and then there's another, there's just one more person that you know that when you go to events, you're, you're at church and it's like, hey, you know, it's a, it's a different welcome when you know someone. Yeah, we have a different connection. Yeah, after, that, that connection yeah. deepens and I think that's what everyone's looking for when they come to church. So when obviously the the whole keeping the keeping kids part and I just wanted you to to kind of go through what your childhood like what your sabbath was like because a lot of people I I, I like I said I I totally resonated with that and then the nitpicking like the dirt pile. You know, we're going to this is what you can't do. And then it's one degree of 
craziness after another mm-hmm. until we get to something and you're like, well, how come I can't do that? Mm-hmm. Like, where did ankles deep in water come from? Right. right. As long as you're up to your ankles and you have pants on, you rolled them up, you're not in your swimming trunks. That's it's okay. Right. But if you get wet, whoo, man, that, you're trouble. And that's well, a great, the truth, though. The yeah. swimming trunks is the true test of it, though. Yeah, you, no. Even if you're <laughs> up to your ankles, if you have your swimming trunks on, mm-mm. No, it's no. not good. But that's pants. premeditated yeah. breaking of the Sabbath. <laughs> well, yes. well, also, regular shorts would be okay. Regular shorts would be okay. It's somewhat questionable, but better to roll up. But the it's pants. premeditated, though. I'm, I'm with him on that one. At least where I grew up, it was like, like I mean, it would be totally if you got out of the car, people were like, what are you wearing shorts for? And they'd be like, well, you plan on getting wet? No, so no. So for those of you who did not grow up in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, right now this is all like, what is this weirdness exactly. going on? If you're not sure about what's going on, um, just just give one of us a call. We can give you a tutorial on this. But this yeah. a lot of um, a lot of people who grow up in the Seventh Day Adventist faith and as small kids will really resonate with what we're talking about because they're um, particularly probably in my generation and younger, um, and it may be a little bit older too, but there was definitely a very, uh, and it's what we're going to kind of talk about a little bit later, is there was always a list of, can I do this? Can I not do that? What what can I do? What can't I do? And it was um, it's like one of the favorite questions I get asked as a pastor whenever I go into Teen, uh, teen meetings where some teens. Well, what can I do on Sabbath, and what can't I do on yeah, Sabbath? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, there's, and the interesting thing is, it's funny as human beings, we talk about not liking to have rules, and yet the truth is, we all crave them. We all kind of want to know what. Well, just tell me what is the, you know, just give me a list. That's tell right. me, tell me what I can do Checklist. and what I can't do, and then I can moan and groan about the things I don't <laughs> want to be doing, and I can feel good about the things that you're letting me do. But I want a list. Give me a list. That's yeah. that's the way we tend to play. I like to assign good intentions to us for the most part, you know, especially as a church community. So I'm I like to assume that this is all very. We we look to each other, and and I think that's an important thing that we do. But how do we observe the Sabbath? The Bible just does not dictate what exactly I'm to do, especially in modern society. Okay, so I think it's appropriate that we look to each other uh, for for guidance on how to do that. But then what happens is we also tear each other down, and we we start to judge each other oh, as yeah. well, and that's not appropriate, and that's okay, and. I think of an example. Ken and I were both youth directors for a time, and I was a youth director in Kansas, Nebraska right. conference at Broken Arrow Ranch. And one of the traditions on Sabbath afternoon is we would march our kids on what I could only call a death march <laughs> in 105 degree that death heat. March, but there's a good reason for it. Though, isn't oh, it? okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, no, good, no, just, but the. <laughs> I encountered a – I mean we had kids dropping of heat stroke and there's bugs and there's snakes and there's all that stuff. <laughs> They're good and tired though for later on. <laughs> that's why and, I say there's a good reason for that, isn't there, Michael? You got it. Because there's you always can't a take them water skiing. You can't have them uh, even horseback riding. Yeah. You can't do archery with them. So you got to do something to get something. the energy out. Or else and teen so, camp on Saturday night can yeah. get out of hand pretty quick. Oh, that oh, yeah. It'll happen either. I right? had a parent come up to me one time and say, you have this big pool – at the camp, and it's 105 degrees, and you're going to march them all around for a couple hours so that you can avoid that pool, which would be a really nice way for these kids to cool off. Yeah. But because we have this stigma that the pool is not okay, the pool is not a blessed Sabbath activity, it makes it so that we can't use that. It's fun. But then, yeah, it's more fun it, than it's, the it, death it's march. It's more fun. I mean, that can't be good. <laughs> 
but boy, the, the two-hour walk <laughs> on 105 degrees in the yeah. afternoon, is that really – is is that better Sabbath observance than swimming in the pool? And I'm just – I'm throwing that out because that's what we have to decide. And unfortunately, I, I can't see it in the text. We have to work on that. We have to figure that out for ourselves or as a community. We make a lot of fun of the religious leaders in Jesus' time about all what, what like what is it, six hundred and thirty some rules and, the, and and things they have to recite. I, I love it in the chosen. They mention it all the time. And he's like, "Well, well, how come you're not going to be a zealot?" Well, well, I got to do calisthenics too on top of the six hundred and thirty things that we have to <laughs> recite every day. You know, and it, and it it feels like that same thing, but we're still making up rules that somebody. Decided just like in the sho- your shoveling analogy, it's like, well, yeah, okay, you can. Let's just get rid of shovels, not even for cereal, right? Let's let's right. just get to ridiculous stage, and it doesn't. It, it just feels like it's so arbitrary as a kid, and I always think about those kinds of things now that as a dad, when we my kids have friends that will be like, no, we, we we can't do that. Okay, I respect that. That's your family's way of of right. of, of doing Sabbath, and I certainly don't want to step on anyone's toes and tell them they're doing it wrong. I have no idea how they came to those conclusions. So then, but trying to tell like my kids, well, just because they don't do it that way, this is the way we do it. This is why. And, you know, we we still have those. Where did you make the leap or when, or how did it come about that you went from make versus keep? How did you jump to that conclusion? Because I think there's many that still haven't made that or even thought about that as being a possibility. Yeah. Right, because that's kind of the the thesis of what you were saying was make yeah. the Sabbath mm-hmm. instead of keeping it. So when you said don't keep the Sabbath, you <laughs> were saying instead make He did offer Sabbath. an alternative, yeah. but we just yeah. didn't mention that sooner. Yeah. So we, 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 we got, got there sure. eventually. Yeah. 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 We're saying he was dedicated enough to go all that's the right. way. Yeah. All, yeah, yeah, For whoever exactly. was left in the auditorium yeah, yeah. by the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. You know, I do believe that keep is – I, I think it sends the wrong message. Hmm. Yep. And where I see in Scripture that people have gotten into trouble with in regards to the law or just gotten all tied up in knots, it's because they're defending the law against the outside world. You know, Force is unseen. The, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so I want to I protect the Sabbath uh, to the point in which – Who's, who's really being blessed by it when I'm so worried about these 600 rules that I have to worry about, which, as you mentioned, we do the same thing today. So for me, I did mention in the message that I had a spiritual mentor who really opened my eyes. And we even looked at uh, – he sent me to watch uh, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> I saw it a long time ago, but it's yeah. like – So the old version from 1961 or whatever it is. Uh, it's just – it's a great example. Here's Tevye, the main character, and he's got this constant conversation going on with the Lord just off screen kind of. But God is with him in everything that he does, including over those Sabbath hours. And the whole opening of that play is preparing for the Sabbath. And they are – husband and wife are yelling at each other. They're yelling at the kids, wash up. You're not going to be ready for Sabbath. Get ready. Come on. I got I to gotta do my prayers. All right, hurry up and do it. They're scurrying so much to get ready for the Sabbath that it's like they, they've done damage to each other to prepare. <laughs> but then when the Sabbath comes, they have their little tradition. They light candles. They break their bread. And everything kind of changes. 
And I, I watched that the film version yeah. and I've watched it many times since then and I've used it to teach as well. But to me, it's it shows that everything that goes on through my week, I get to that moment of Sabbath and if I'm not intentional about whatever it is, lighting the candle, I like that. You know, singing yeah, a song, I like that. Eating, like I said, eating eating good food, having something the kids look forward to on a, on Friday night. Maybe it's a certain game or something. I love anything like that that signifies to me that it has begun. And this is this is the Sabbath. And that does not sound like keeping. You know, I just think the English word, we lose so much. It's so defensive. It's so passive. Where making means I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm taking the reins here. So but, let me go ahead and take yeah. devil's advocate here. But doesn't doesn't the commandment say remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? But I think that's mistranslated. Okay, so that's yeah. And I really wanted you to dig into that a yeah. little. Tell us about that because you you've got a background. You're a pastor. Tell us yeah. tell us about that because I think that that's something really important for people to understand. Uh, I have people that will get into these arguments with you, you know, like, well, that's what the Bible says. It says it in the King James Version, which is the way that Jesus gave it, so... That's right. But that's well, not no, the... King James gave it to Jesus. Well, you have per, to get yeah, that I'm right. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I get that confused, so I appreciate you saying me on the right track. But <laughs> but go ahead and talk to us a little bit about that word that, that some translations make as keep. Right. But you're saying it says something a little bit differently than maybe that word right. keep would imply. Exactly. Thank you. It's it's a very common word, and the, the word can be translated keep make, create, uh, do, you know, do the Sabbath would be a, another way to put it. So we have to go back when, when Bible translators look into that, they have to they have to go back and say, what was intended then and how could that be used now? And I think there are so many places where we lose that. And I'm no Hebrew scholar or anything. I'm just standing on the shoulders of people who have shared this with me. But for, from my perspective, I look at all those words, keep, do, make, create, and I think if this is the same word that is is used to describe what God did to make the heavens and the earth, keep is doing a lot of work in that, yeah. in keep that sentence. Keep is such a passive word. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to the point that you are making. It's a very passive word, and it's a very protective word. It's it's Like you said, it, it implies something's fragile, and you need to, you know— yeah. And so when you're picking the word, and, and that's the thing that, you know, we talk about translations and like, but every translation has a little bit of commentary thrown into it just by the fact that you have to choose words. And sometimes multiple words can be used and you have to pick one. And so, you know, for me, the point I came away from the sermon that you were making is, hey, maybe we're better off thinking of this word in terms of make an active word versus using a passive word here when when you have options. When both of those words could be used, maybe you'd be better off. Was I hearing you right? Yes, absolutely. Just the mindset for me ought to be, what what can I do? What is possible with the Sabbath? Mm. Rather than, what can I not do? That's beautiful. I think just that little change, doesn't that mean something to us, you know? Just like we've been talking about the Ten Commandments versus the Ten Commitments, as Zed gave us the Ten Commitments of being maybe a little bit more accurate than commandment and going, well, how does that change how I want to view these or how how am I going to participate? Just with a simple 
changing of a of the meaning, which is you know just an interpretation, right? And I and just to follow what Ken said, when you brought it back to creation and to Eden and the Garden of Eden, and was like, you know, what did he tell Adam and Eve to do? He didn't give him anything except to there was no to do list except to create that and we I, know of that right that or at least yeah right exactly <laughs> that we know of and same same in the uh, in the actual verse for the Sabbath, and I'm like. Like God then, it kind of paraphrasing, but God was done on the sixth day, and He rested on the seventh. And all right, you go create. And I thought, man, that's some that's some serious freedom. That if Adventism, if there's a lot that you like about Adventism, Sabbath was always one I wasn't crazy about. Hmm. All the best TV shows were on Friday night. Saturday, your friends are out playing, and you're like, like you know, like Hot Wheels and Lincoln Lugs. I'm not sure about that. That probably doesn't pass. You know, <laughs> play the Ten Commandments Bible game for the 758th time. You know, or Egypt. Or if you're really edgy, you can do Bible tag, right? Oh, yeah. Bible verse before you. T- yeah. And so you know, when you, <laughs> you can do Bible anything, anything you, right? Yes, that's exactly right, as we discovered. And so when you when you think about it that way, and you think about f- the Sabbath with freedom, and freedom from not working can be something that's, I mean, it's great. I love it. But it's also where people are like, ah, it's just another reason for you to, you know, get out of, you know, can't, can't, I can't work that day. I'm not available. Well, you know, it's a, one of those religious exemption mm-hmm. things and people kind of look down on that. But really when you start to pair the, the, the idea of how am I going to celebrate or create or do things with myself, with my family, that freedom aspect was what really, I was like, yes. Yes. This is a part where I feel like something that holds people back from going, oh, you're you're an admin. Oh, oh. Right. You you don't you don't drink, you don't dance, you don't do things on Saturday. And how much more to me, how much more is the gospel even affected by what Jesus did when he did those things. And I think that's a way for us to show that, like, yeah, we, we have a good time and we also take this really awesome day with God. I, I, and so I think you bring up that. a great point. Is it possible? Let me ask this question. Okay. Is it possible that I can avoid going to work on the Sabbath, uh-huh. avoid shellfish, you know, not eat any lobster, you know, yeah, that's do, an easy one for do me. all of those things, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can avoid bacon. Okay. I can do some of the stuff that, uh, you know, like you said, that people look at Adventists and say, these are a little outside the box uh, for religious practice. I can do all of that stuff, or I should say, I cannot do all of that stuff mm-hmm. and still somehow not have a walk with Christ. Is it possible that I can do that? Yeah. I think of course so. it is, right? Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with the Sabbath. So, of course, I can avoid work technically and I can avoid this and I can avoid that and I can not get into the water above my ankles. I can not do all of that stuff and still have not had real Sabbath rest. You know, I may not have connected with God at all, my family at all, or myself. I may not feel rested even though I did all the right or didn't do the wrong things. Yeah, I, I refrain from the wrong things, right. the, the the big ones that we know about that will drop the hammer on you. But right. you know, we didn't we didn't participate in those. But what did we do? So an opportunity was missed. And uh, honestly, my family's still journeying with this. I love to take a nap on Sabbath afternoon. I love it. <laughs> Guilty okay. as charged. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But yeah, are there times where 
we've got some hours that just aren't filled on the Sabbath. And it's just so an opportunity was missed. And honestly, my family's still journeying with this. I love to take a nap on Sabbath afternoon. I love it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, are there times where we've got some hours that just aren't filled on the Sabbath and it's just stop watching TV. But what about someone on the other side who maybe is a little more traditional and they're looking at it from the exactly the opposite to like, look, we didn't turn on the TV today. We went to church. We came home. We made lunch. We took our naps. And, you know, Sabbath is over. It's time for, you know, back when I was a kid, it's time for chips. So let's, uh, let's turn that TV <laughs> on, make some popcorn and have some fun. You know, I mean, if we just go, well, we can create what we want for the Sabbath. Well, isn't that like the end result, like Thunderdome or something? Like we're just all out here going crazy and (laughs) there's chainsaws and and, and, – I've got to admit that at least while I was preparing this week's message, (laughs) that image did not come into my mind of a Sabbath Thunderdome. Okay. I'm going to have to think on that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, actually I like what you said. You know, I did this, check. I did this, check. I did this, check. I think about – my experience in college and something I actually had wanted to say Sabbath didn't have the time was for some of us that went to Seventh-day Adventist colleges, it is all right there. I loved the Sabbath at college because it was Friday night is Vespers. You pick up your girl. Everybody looks great. There's something planned for after Vespers. There's good food. You have Sabbath school and church and there's a community activity or something and Vespers again. It's all planned for you. Sure, yeah. Your then you get into the real world and it's like, oh, well, if I don't have to wake up, I won't wake up. But I think there's I, – I, I'm definitely not against a systematic approach to things. I like it. Yeah. And, and honestly, I still do things that I did as a kid on the Sabbath because it feels right to me. You know, It feels like a way that I can access God. Hmm. But don't we do that with, with other spiritual disciplines and exercises? I mean – if I went to a church this next week and they were doing polka praise, I would be totally lost and I wouldn't feel like, oh, this was a way I was able to connect with the Lord, even if it is for somebody else, because I'd be so distracted by the fact that it's polka. But, you know, but music that I'm used to, music that I like, yeah, it's a way that I connect and I can, I, I, I can feel it that way. So I think it is personal. So how do we, how do we help somebody that might be like, yeah, I, I do like the traditional way of doing things. And, you know, without without having the tension of I'm a I'm a traditional Sabbath keeper. And, you know, you mentioned the Olive Garden and, <laughs> and you know, head elder at my home church. This is what, probably 30 years ago. They were going to Olive Garden in a different city so as to evade detection. And once it was found out, it was like, well, this isn't an appropriate (laughs) Sabbath behavior. And your analogy of, you know, as long as you're in college and you can swipe that badge at the at the uh, they're still charging you for that meal. It wasn't like Sabbath meals are free. (laughs) That's right. And that's where it's it's like I don't want to have fights with anybody about how you keep the Sabbath, how I keep the Sabbath. But I also want us to be able to have conversations where, like my 16-year-old was like, Dad, you missed it. I mean, they barely made it to church themselves. And nobody woke me up, and I I slept straight on through. It was quite a week <laughs> last week. And the, she's like, you missed one of the best sermons. She's like, this guy was awesome, and it was about the Sabbath. And <laughs> nice. my family and my kid, they love we love Sabbath. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a great time. It's the time that we all really get to be together. And I— 
I know that people, it can be a contentious issue, but how do you approach somebody that might be totally and diabolically opposed? Like you said, you might not have preached this exact message in another church. Mm -hmm. How would you come at it from a different perspective if you knew that the primary audience that you'd be talking to was much more of that old school and like a starting point? Because I think that's where some of us, if we've made the, the kind of the progression, we're kind of a little timid about going... Well, this is well, agreed. You know, yeah. yeah, and I think I'd start with why. You know, okay. I I, th- I think that that's that's what this is about. Let's let's reevaluate what our priorities are for the Sabbath and what we what we're doing and and why. And if somebody had set in their ways, this is what I do on Sabbath. I do it the same way every week. I would just challenge you to ask yourself why. In fact, to prayerfully ask why, and yeah, it. I, I like routine, and I think routine is good, and I think a method is good. I think it's valuable, and I think for something like the Sabbath. I mean, you heard me say a few minutes ago, lighting that candle at the beginning. Yeah, of oh, the, I like those. Yeah, whatever tradition mm-hmm. it is, tradition can be very good, very valuable, and any kind of methodical way to do something can be very valuable. But if it just goes unquestioned from generation to generation, and as to why, yeah, and it's I, I do this because my dad did it, and <laughs> he did it because his dad did it, and Friday night, his chili. dad was Methuselah, and we're still doing the and same thing. We're still thing. doing the same thing. Yeah, Friday night chili. That's a good tradition in case anyone's looking for something. Is that right? Yeah, Friday night chili. Um, and if you do it Wisco style, but why? Why, why? chili? Because my mom did. No, it, it, it's totally a comfort mm-hmm. thing, yeah. but it's like, you know, you get your little, um, my friends from the South will call it chili, mac, because uh-huh. it has ma- uh, elbow noodles in it, mm-hmm. and you can serve it vegetarian or meat, whichever you'd like, but, you know, a little, you put, it's a hot and cold, you do a little cottage cheese, you throw a few Cheetos in there, and a little shredded cheddar on top just to get it all melty, and then put it all in there and make it go, then just a little So can I ask you yeah. then? So is that a Friday night thing that you like to do? Yeah, we do it a lot still. What does it make you feel when you have that meal on Friday night? Family. So I'm assuming that that's why that's a Friday night meal? And Yeah, it was – I mean, well, for a lot of it, growing up in Wisconsin in the wintertime, it was a warm meal a that, every, that everyone liked <laughs> because – you it's know, also not overly complicated, right? Right. It was an, it's an easy thing to put together, mm-hmm. and it was something that my mom, even when she went back to work full-time, it was something that she had time to prepare. It was something we all enjoyed. Like It was a meal everyone could agree on, one. Two, she always had ice cream afterwards, so a little small bowl of ice cream after you were done. And then you know you knew the drudge was past that. You know, you had to sneak your Louis L'Amour books. We've talked about you know, <laughs> I've talked about it. You know, you had to find the other places to do. But like that's one that's kind of passed on to my family that we do a ton. And and even with my parents when they're here, it, it just feels like family. And I guess that's the part where looking at things not necessarily from what you do and, and that that's all bad, but like finding things that your family does or, you, you know, even if it's if you're single, things that you like to do or you and your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend, there's there's got to be ways that we can find a, a, a happy medium and more pleasure in the Sabbath without Definitely. feeling like we're, ooh, we're stepping on things. And I think it's, it's going to start with our intentionality. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you this. My family, we have a worship each evening and that sometimes means hurry up everybody get together (laughs) it's it's late already 
we'll say a prayer really quick. Yeah. And then there are other times where we plan something and it's a little more elaborate. And I will just tell you the experiences for Friday night, like a worship that we'll do together. If I have planned something just for the family or my eldest son likes to do that too. And if Isaiah comes and plans some game or something for us to do for Sabbath worship, it's always, it's always better because it feels like this is an important moment. Because right? you've this prioritized just, it as a family. Absolutely. I love that. I yeah. love that. So I think it starts with intentionality and it might mean questioning. Why do I do or not do some of those things? If it means I arrive at the point where I'm not eating at the Olive Garden on the Sabbath, great. So be it for you. Yeah. yeah great. No, for sure. I like that because it gives us all some freedom to search with our ourselves, our family, our friends, our group collectively maybe if we have a group that we do things with and prayerfully decide, just like we would do anything else, what, what can Sabbath mean for us? But I like opening it up to say, let's not, let's not put any constraints on God. Let's not put him in a box here. Let's see what he comes back with. And then how we might go, whoo, that, yeah. that, that might be yes. that might be too far. <laughs> if, if I knew that God wanted to keep this appointment with me, that he wanted to be with me for mm. these 24 hours, and you know, maybe you've heard it called a date before. Let's call it a date. Sure. I mean, my dates have always gone a lot better if I've planned them out beforehand. My <laughs> wife appreciates that. Sure. But, you know, if, if that's what it's going to be is God wants to spend this time with me. My focus is going to be different than it's going to be I'd different. better not go into the water, you know. Yeah. It, like it, it will it will help me to evaluate things. And then you have you know why. You can go back to why did I why did we even start this process? Yeah. And then you've got a baseline to work from. So one other thing I want to get to, we have a ton of questions that came in online during the response that we did not get to. So as always, we will answer those. But I, I heard something about a spreadsheet. And about picking a new church. And I, and I just want to say that if you sent an email, he's not going to send you that spreadsheet. What he's going to tell you is you guys should all be at Whole Life Church. Yeah, That's no need really for a spreadsheet. It, yeah, there's no need for a spreadsheet. So he's we're canceling that the order. The spreadsheet's just, it's just proof. <laughs> yeah. There you so go, seriously, how did, you, how did you come up with that idea? Tell me about that process because that was, that was very interesting to me that you yeah. guys actually, you seriously <laughs> made a spreadsheet and went through. We did. We looked at... You know, you know, we wanted to make the right choice, and I did want it to be a family choice. Ultimately, I was going to have the veto power no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I wear all of the pants. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, my wife so do I, as long as my wife yeah. says I can. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they check with her first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, my kids are 14, 10, and 10. Okay. And I, I want church to uh, be something that, that, that they want. they're engaged yeah. in. And I think they're at the point where – it's appropriate for them to be a part of that, um, you know, discussion. And so it was – we had a good time. We went around to a bunch of churches and we know some pastors in town and we just – we put just absolutely everything So did you guys you like pros rank. and cons it out or did you it just – It was like rank them one through whatever in this area, this area, this area, this area. And we know Joe came out on top. It wasn't even close. All right. There we go. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. Yeah. And, no, I, and I don't disagree. <laughs> anyway, a lot of hard work. I hope I get this name right. Heredini Emil, Heredini Emil, I believe, asked, if I own a digital business where people purchase a product, should I not have the business since I can't control when people buy? Being a, being a buy, you know, buying and selling seemed to be one that people always 
semi-agreed on uh, almost, or maybe it was a cut into work. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, you know, the commandment talks about work, right? My personal mm-hmm. ad- advancement yeah. and, and more specifically, my manservant and maidservant and the stranger within my gates. Everybody should stop on the Sabbath, right? That's what the Sab- That's what Sabbath means, Shabbat, stop. So <laughs> I, I think a person could make that choice to say I can halt online sales for the Sabbath or something. I, I actually don't know if that's possible depending on the person's, you know, situation. But I, I, I just think that that's a, that's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. To, is, is it e-commerce? It's a, you know, t- it's, it's a tough question it's when an, it wasn't. It's, it's just, an interesting thing to me that the Seventh-day Adventist Church has a longstanding – stance that church members are not allowed to be disciplined for how they keep the Sabbath. I don't know how many people realize that. Yeah, really? But that's that's one thing? of the things that as a pastor you learn is that there's a lot of different things that members could be taken to task for, but what the way they keep the Sabbath is not up for discussion. So if somebody has a business that they have open on Sabbath, you're not allowed to, as a pastor, you're not allowed to say, I want to bring you before the church and we're going to go, you're, that's, the church is a long-standing position. Of course, the church has a, a strong stance about avoiding work if at all possible. But what they've also said is, it is up to each individual person. And it's one of the things I actually really appreciate yes. about the church, hmm. is that the church has said, look, every person needs to make up their own mind. And so when we get the question about having your digital business open or not open, that's something you've got to struggle with Jesus with. The Seventh-day Adventist Church is not—there are Seventh-day Adventist pastors who will tell you a right answer or wrong answer to it, but shame on them for doing that, because that's between you and Jesus to make that decision together. You can Chick-fil-A it if you want. You know, and and that's <laughs> right. this is coming from somebody—when I when I worked outside the church, I had a hard and firm rule that I was—it I, was actually written into my contracts that I wasn't available from an hour before sundown to an hour after Sundown. That was my personal convictions. There were one or two times where I actually came into work. There was after a massive typhoon hit the island on a, on a Friday, and we needed all hands on deck to help people be safe and get public information out there. So I came in. But that was my choice. I chose to do it. My boss didn't make me, and it was something that I chose to do. But my, my point is, I think that we really do a disservice when we don't let people struggle through the decision for themselves. Instead, we say, well, this is the right answer, that's the wrong answer. For me, the, the question to always come down to, when it comes to keeping Sabbath, for me, the question comes down, does this bring me closer to Jesus, or does it take me further away? Because I don't think things are neutral. I think things are either, they either bring you towards Jesus, or they push you away from Jesus. And so for me, the activities I do on Sabbath, I want them to be things that bring me into closer relationship with Jesus, because to me, that's what it means to make or to do the Sabbath. Mm. To, it says, remember the Sabbath to make it holy. Well, holy is something that belongs to God. And so yeah. for me, that's, that's, that's my rationale on it. Each one of you will have to make up your own rationale and, and, and answer that question. There's things that, by the way, that I do that bring me closer to God that I'm sure would not bring... Michael closer to God. I know that's sure. that's mind blowing for some people, but it's the truth. Uh, a, a great example of this is I had a a teacher in high school. We invited him to go um, biking with us on a Sabbath afternoon around Cades Cove, which is in North Carolina, a gorgeous place. If you ever get a chance to go, it's wonderful. He declined, and we said, "Oh, so you you don't believe in riding a bicycle on the <laughs> Sabbath, <laughs> do you, sir?" And and his answer was, "Look," he said, "I'm a semi professional bicyclist." 
He said, that's what I, I do this semi-professionally. And for me, he said, if I get on a bike, he said, I'm going to start counting how many revolutions I'm getting. And he said, it's not relaxing for mm-hmm. me. It's not, for me, it's not, there's nothing about God in it. I'm not paying attention to nature. I am out there exercising, make sure my heart rate's where it needs to be. I'm, I'm thinking about my gear ratio. He said, you guys go have a great time. That's fine. For me, it doesn't work. It's not, it's and, not, yeah. and it's wrong for me to judge him for doing it. And I think it'd be wrong for him to judge the opposite way as well. That's again, that's something that I appreciate about the community that we have at Whole Life where there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of understanding and there's a lot of, eh, wouldn't be for me, but you know, that's, that's great. And there's no, there's no further stigma attached to it because you can ask someone like, Hey, you got lunch plans. And it's like, lunch plans in lunch plans out, you know, and you, you kind of wait for that answer to see, you know, where, where that person lies and certainly don't want to you know step on any toes or no. try to make somebody feel bad if there's one way or the other. And so there's always a, a compromise in a way that we can do this together. So great question. That, that was great. Nella wants to know, how do we make this Sabbath when we are away from our family? And at first I thought that's a pretty simple question, but when you think about it, if you're not together, you know, what, what, what parts do you take? Is it a collective effort? How do we do this separately if we're used to doing this on our own? You know, I know a lot of emerging adults that Friday night is their night to call home. Mm. It's, you know, they get busy during the week and Friday night is just like the right night to yeah. call home and they have a long talk with their family and they are able to FaceTime and get all caught up on the week. And I think that's really nice. And it kind of sets the tone for them that this is different. Yeah. This is different from the rest of the week. I like that. And I think that's an important principle, right? What what, what am I intentionally doing here, right? Am I, am I separating this day from the others? Yeah. If I come home on Friday evening and I'm just doing the same thing I did on Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, I'm missing something. I'm not going to say you're doing it wrong. I feel like I, I'm not in the position to say that to anybody. But – are you missing something? Yeah. You know, have you have you missed an opportunity? Hmm. Okay. How do I control myself, Shannon wants to know, if I want to do something unrelated to the Sabbath? Well, join the club because <laughs> there's weeks where it's like there's a thousand things I should be doing that. And I, I would add also to that when you don't or are unable to kind of turn the week off, like Friday night is usually the turn the week off as much as possible. A lot of times, you know, you're running straight up until Sabbath and it's like, Sabbath, <laughs> you, you cosmically shape into another person. That's like that, the fiddler on the roof. <laughs> yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you've, you've made the transition sort of. But then, you know, for the most of the most of the Sabbath, if you're you're trying to control not only yourself, but your mind. At least for me, my mind goes a, a thousand miles, and it's hard to turn off the weak mind and turn into the Sabbath mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. How, how do we do that when it, the pull for something unrelated, maybe it's just something unresolved or something we know we have to do, and, oh, man, if I don't get it done before Sabbath, it's going to be there on Saturday night, and it's going to be cutting it really close. How do we control those and get ourselves into a Sabbath frame of mind? I'm very interested in that phrasing, unrelated to the Sabbath, yeah. you know? I, I do think the Sabbath is that time period that it is. It's it's that Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. I that's so I, I think that's the time period that's there. I was most recently living in a college football heavy town in the Midwest, and if there were home games on a Sabbath afternoon, 
Everybody that was knows. a that was a real that was a real pull for people. Yeah. And I even knew people that said, "No, I don't like to go to football games on Sabbath unless it's an important one." You know, Play- once playoffs. we start playing Everything, the yeah. rivals, <laughs> if we're playing a, a rivalry game, well then yes, of course it's appropriate for the Sabbath, but if we're just playing who knows what state, then it's okay. I can skip it. <laughs> and I think so again, I don't want to speak to whether it's wrong or right, but I think if that's the rationale, it seems like yeah, something's it's a little shallow. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm again, I'm missing something. Hmm. I wanted to say something to your question about how do you get into a Sabbath frame of mind. I think that goes a little bit to um, you know, without uh, stealing from filler on the roof too much tradition. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's I think that you you know you talked about your the, you know the macaroni and chili kind of tradition that you have. I think there's certain things that when we do them, they trigger memories in us and they trigger strong feelings. And so if you have traditions that you can implement, uh, one of my favorite things that we did when the kids were younger and we got away from it, and it makes me kind of sad that we did, is that we would. We'd have a special meal and then we would light the candles and go through the days of creation with our kids when they were younger. And we'd Mm, talk about that. And then we had a special song that we played. It was just, well, the Sabbath has begun. And to this day, my my kids really remember that as a special thing. And I think we have to be careful that we don't elevate our traditions into mm. legalism and the law. Sure. But at the same time, traditions are a beautiful thing that that can switch your mind into that different gear that says, hey, now is the time to go ahead and put my mind into a different place. Um, not because I have to, because I want to. I, Man, I tell you what, there's been, there's weeks where I just I I have been working all week and I just want my mind to be in a different place for a little yeah. while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, for my family, we've developed some traditions that I have come to find that once we start, we do some prayer requests, we do some prayer, and we sing a Sabbath song. Day is dying in the West. It's a very tried and true ad- yeah, old that's Adventist a classic hymn. right there. And I find that when we get to the end of that song, after we've gone through our whole literal song and dance, it's it's time. Like, I'm in a different frame of mind. Yeah. And, if you know, maybe I'm one of Pavlov's dogs, but, yeah, I think we respond to that. Okay. So let's, let's bring that into Ian's question. How can you do Sabbath if you were not raised doing it? So they don't have any of those. They don't have chili. They don't have lighting the Excellent. candles. They don't, they don't have those. Isn't that awesome? Oh, man, yeah. So then how do they do it? Because, and then he said, plus people tell you, what to not do instead of what to do. So he's mm-hmm. looking for, I wasn't raised with it, so I don't have any of these traditions. What what What's the triggers for me? How can I do this? I think that's a great thing to experiment with in prayer. Mm. And this is a great opportunity to totally create something that's brand new for you. So maybe it is singing songs. Maybe it is meeting with certain friends. Maybe it's a group Zoom call on a, on Friday evening or, yeah, yeah. or it's a certain meal or it's a certain dessert or drink or something that signifies the start of the Sabbath. Lighting candles. I can think of, I mean, we can sit here and think of a thousand sure. opportunities. And what I would say is, Ian, find some people that you really trust, that you, that you have a good relationship, that you watch them, you think, I think they keep the Sabbath the way I'd like to do that, or the way I, they make the Sabbath. Sorry, go. I, I've got to get out of my— <laughs> I know, uh, right? So, but they, they make the Sabbath the way that I 
think I'd like and go talk to them about some of the things they do. Gather lots of different, like the idea that I had for lighting candles, that wasn't original to me. That was something that a friend of ours said, hey, we did this and it was meaningful. So we started trying it out. We're like, oh, this is meaningful. We really like this. So go around to different people that you trust, that you value, and just ask them, hey, what do you do? And you've heard me give a couple examples. You've heard Michael give a couple examples of things. Um, it, you know, one of my favorite things that that a friend of mine who's a rabbi said to to a group of people that he was doing a lecture with and I happened to be a part of, is he said, if you have ever done the Sabbath, if you've ever truly kept the Sabbath, he said, it is something you will never want to ever give up for anything. He said, you know, it's the people have said that the Jews keep the Sabbath, but it could more truly be said that the Sabbath has kept the Jews. Hmm. Um, because it's this intimacy, it's this specialness, it's this community, it's this being with Jesus. And so, Ian, as you're looking for ways to make it special, just ask yourself, is this bringing me closer to Jesus? Is this bringing me into deeper fellowship with those around me, with my neighbor? Which, to me, is part of being closer to Jesus, is being closer to my neighbor as well. And so just kind of look at some of those things and and incorporate them. And again, I think really to the point that I love that Michael said is, you know, sometimes when we're when we, if you've ever gotten a new computer or a tablet, especially back in the early days of that, you were really afraid to open it up and start up. You're afraid you're going to mess something up, right? <laughs> but to to the point that I think that Michael was making this so beautiful is, don't be afraid to experiment with the Sabbath. You can't. You you're not going to break it. You are going to if you are trying to connect with Jesus, you're not going to mess it up. And if it doesn't yeah. work. Try something different and yeah. try it. Try out something different. That's why I like the create part. And like, you don't have to keep everything. It's like, whoa, that was a miss. <laughs> it didn't feel. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. doesn't feel like anything different. Or we did the wildlife, uh, the Apopka Wildlife Drive. I live close oh, yeah. by there. Us too. It's That's a couple hours. I love that. I love looking at all the alligators, and I could watch all the birds and spend a couple hours doing that. We've done that a few times now. Yeah. The kids are miserable at this point what, going through there. Time. Yeah, yeah. We've seen the alligators. Yeah, it's not as cool as Drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't do that again on yeah. the Sabbath afternoon. But Yeah, we like to go for hikes. And then uh, actually this uh, Friday night, everyone, again, it was it was one of those right up to the – we hadn't eaten yet. It was – so it's 8 o'clock. And I'm like, um, our phone carrier just gave us a year of Apple TV for free. And if you haven't been on it, they've got some really great 4K content, and they have a bunch of nature shows, like the tiny world, like jungle, different things. And we sat down for an hour and watched together, and we're just like, through the lens of creation, you're just like, wow. You know, and so it doesn't have, I mean, it can be media if it's what, you know, again, what might work for you and that for us, we got done and we must have talked about it for a good 10, 15 minutes afterwards and just how cool it was. And so it doesn't have to be a tradition, but that can be something that you do. So, all right. Stephanie D has a question and it, I think we've pretty much answered most of them, but I want to concentrate on the last part of her second sentence. She says, I still struggle with understanding how to keep the Sabbath. Could you please give us a breakdown as to how to keep the Sabbath and how do you keep it, of course, not intentionally being disrespectful to God? And we just talked about not being able to break the Sabbath. Is there any way that we we need to be careful because Stephanie, I hope by now you've gotten a ton of, of of answers to that question, but I do also want to make sure that people don't think that we're just saying it's the wild, wild west and you know, God doesn't have any part in this. It's just go create in whatever it is it is, but be not disrespectful. If I could reflect on what Pastor Ken just shared, you know, in 
you're not going to do any damage to the Sabbath by yeah. protecting it. You know, you're not going to break it. And and you added, if you're trying to connect with God, what what does the Bible say about when we try to seek God? When we try to seek Him, we will find Him. We find Him. He'll answer. It, yeah. Period. Yep. In multiple places. That's I think that's what the Bible is about, actually. So I think that's what the Sabbath is about. So again, moving away from a keeper mindset, and I know that's so hard for some yeah. of us to do, but uh, I would just tenderly offer that, you know, if I could move away from that mindset of how do I not dishonor God? Yeah. This is, again, proactive. This is, I'm going to God and I'm going to experience this day with him. How could that be messed up? Yeah. Because then I'm in his hands. And if I'm in his hands, I, 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 I'm not there. There's no falling there. You know, right. there's there's no way to fail. So I'm going to do this with him. And if that is what I'm going to do, I, I'm really not worried about dishonoring him. That's a great way to look at it. And I think that's also one of those things. Another way that people with that confidence, I think that's another way people go, well, this isn't just a. Don't uh, I can't do or I can do or this is the right way or the wrong way. I'm going into this with my relationship with Jesus and I am confident. And so wait, while it might not be for you, I think it also shows that God can work through all of us in different ways. And then we don't have to be so judgmental. We can go, wow, that is really cool what Ken uh, does with his family. We tried it. It didn't work for us. We do something different. And, you know, Michael's family does something different than that. Right. And we can all enjoy and share. And, but that confidence also, I think to the outside people looking in that think the Sabbath is weird, they might go, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. There's three Sabbaths. Not one of them are the same, but man, they're all pretty cool. Hmm. And I think that's a great message we can share. All right. Our last question is from follower of the Most High God who asked, the Sunday law is going to require people not to buy or sell. We need to be careful we do not water down the Sabbath so much. And I know that's a that's something that we've heard again. If you you know if Sabbath isn't something you grew up with, that's something we've heard from the beginning. And what uh, what do you think that would have instead of keeping versus the other? How how would that have an impact? Well, can we just say you know what they're saying is this feels like we're watering it down and we're making it so that people will will dishonor God, will will be breaking the Sabbath when. Adventists believe this is a major important point um, in our end-time eschatology. Yeah. And when we talk about – in what we've discussed here today or what yeah. was shared on Sabbath, I, I would I would like to throw that question back out there. Are we talking about watering something down? I, I would hope that that's not what we're talking about when we talk about reexamining approaching the Sabbath with intentionality and and purpose and and asking why we do the things we do, I would suggest that it is a lot more likely that if I am just keeping a tradition that's happened for so long that I haven't questioned, it's more likely that that experience would be watered down than if I'm coming with fresh eyes and approaching the Sabbath with a uh, with with the the intentionality to go to Jesus and experience this walk with him in mm. a fresh way. Yeah. I would suggest that this is the antidote for watering down the Sabbath. Awesome. So in that way, 
I'm not worried about what's going to happen today or tomorrow or any other day with regards to our future. Right. I know from Sabbath to Sabbath, I can approach it with new eyes and and I'm not worried about it watering down because and we'll continue to do it even if such a time comes we're still going we're still going to do the same thing. We're still going to approach it with that with that mindset. Yeah. You know, bottom line is it comes down to and, and this is the part that actually concerns me with Adventists. I think there's so many Adventists out there that they have this this end of the world theory that if they can figure out how not to simply buy or sell something on Sabbath that they're safe. Mm. And I think that one of the things I appreciate about whole life is that we are teaching people how to understand how to go to God and speak with him about what his will is and what he wants, rather than just writing down a series of rules. Because when you just write down a series of rules and you, you put no thought into it, you will not necessarily keep the rules the way they're supposed to be. We see this in the New Testament with Jesus. The, the, the Pharisees were certainly keeping the Sabbath. They were certainly doing a lot of things, and yet they nailed Jesus to the cross. And so this is what I think at Whole Life we're wanting to do, and I, I really appreciate the way that you answered that, Michael, because I think that is exactly it. We're not talking about watering anything down. We're actually talking about making it stronger. We're teaching people how to think about what their relationship, to go to God and say, what is it that you're wanting from me? What is your will, and how do I live that will out as you're revealing it to me, rather than taking Ken's word for it or Michael's word for it or, or yeah. Randy's word for it, but what is it that you want, God? And that's that's a really important thing to me that we do, that that people really understand why they're doing it and why they're doing it and what God's really trying to teach them through these different practices. That's awesome. Well, we have gone over time, but I think today's discussion was well worth every second of it. Michael, thank you for all the prep in, in your message and for the thoughtful conversation that we've had here today, because I think that for someone who's really searching and who's going, this traditional Sabbath thing doesn't work for me, and I need to find a new way to do this because this is something that I believe in. I believe God wants me to do it. I'm just not sure how to do it. And if you have any more questions or comments about this, 407-965-1607. You can leave a voicemail or text or podcast at wholelife.church. And if you have a specific question for Michael, I'll still forward him on, and I'm sure he'll be able to answer them. And if there's anything that we said, didn't say, should have said, let us know. Always happy to take that into account and answer them next week. Upcoming, we are still in, how many we have of these? Four totals? We're there are four through? totals, so we've done two, and we've got two more to go. And next week, I see, is Tatiana Perez, Arise in the Darkness. Yeah. Ooh. This do is going to be very— Do we know very... what this is? Oh, yeah, you probably do. I, yeah. I do, what and it's um, you really don't want to miss it. And I think that one of the elements that Christian churches often really overlook is uh, mental health, and so we're going to be talking a little bit about um, about that. And uh, in fact, the next you're you're going, you're kind of seeing. Um, I think the next two messages are in particular going to be dealing with it, and then it's, which is going to flow really nicely into a series of movies that also have a little something to do with mental health, most of, most of them. So I think, you know, like I said, I think this is an area that we we often give people a very simplistic and just pray it away, uh, and, and which is a little bit like telling people who get cancer, just pray it away. Your faith is of course, good, prayer can do something, but there's also human resources out there 
that God has given us that can do a lot. And so we want to be um, thoughtful. We want to be respectful to people who are who are suffering through various things, uh, whether that's depression or whether that's mental health disorders or yeah. any number of different things. So I think uh, Tatiana is going to be a big blessing. Um, and then after that, we have another really cool one on what it means to slow to be, to slow down in a society that's going at breakneck speed. So Ooh. it's going to be some good stuff. Man, we're hitting all the big buttons this We've year, We've got the we? coolest people at our church. <laughs> we do have the—you yeah. did say that on, on uh, Saturday, and I agree. We do have the coolest people. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation this afternoon, and I hope you did as well. Again, send any feedback that you have. We'll be back next week with Tatiana. We're in the process of getting that scheduled, and that'll be back on Wednesday as normal. So in the meantime, guys, have a great week. 